Hello and welcome to Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcasts. On this podcast, you will hear the latest sermons taken from our weekly worship service. Our hope is that you will find joy and comfort in knowing the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. From Easter through Palm Sunday, our theme is Stop Being Afraid. Our goal is to move from fear or living in paranoid when even uproot and when events uproot you from your comfort zone in life and move towards faith, being prudent in your actions and decisions, even though they may make you feel uncomfortable. Moving from paranoia to prudence, we are moving from those things that make you fear and feel uncomfortable to act prudently, saying F-A-I-T-H, forsaking all, I take him, meaning Christ. Last week we considered what fear does. Paralyzes potential, ruins relationships, hinders happiness, sabotages success. And that not only in your personal lives, but in your faith life and congregation as well. I want to start with a story. A married couple had a fight, and it was so serious enough for the wife to storm out of the house, vowing never to return. This is not Becky and I, by the way. <laughs> Leaving out the front door, she nearly tripped over, lo and behold, an Aladdin's lamp on the stairs. She picked it up, rubbed it, Sure enough, out popped a genie. The genie said, I will grant you three wishes. Name them, and they're yours. But I must warn you that whatever you get, your husband will receive twice as much. Wife wasn't too thrilled about that, but not wanting to junk the genie's generous gift, she agreed to play by the rules. First, she said, I'd like a million dollars. Poof! Just like that, the wife had a million dollars. And just like that, her husband had two million dollars. I'd like a bushel basket of diamonds. Poof! There appeared before her a bushel basket full of diamonds. But again, her husband received the double of what she received. He got two bushel baskets of diamonds. The wife was frustrated. She paused a minute, then had a brilliant idea. She said, Jeannie, I want you to scare me half to death. <laughs> death is probably our greatest fear. Dreams fade. Seasons of life wind down, jobs come to an end, children go away to college, relationships terminate. As happens in all lives, death comes. We all die. And it just keeps on coming in so many ways, so many shapes, so many sizes, losses that we have in life. But you never think about death coming to congregations. But death appears in congregations as well. Death and loss affect your comfort zone. Beginning with pets 
As children, you may remember a favorite pet that died or consider one of your own children's pets. How did you handle it? How did you handle a loved one's or a close friend's death? Let me give you an example in the life of Jason. When Jason was five years old, his dog died. Jason's dad said, don't feel bad, son. We'll get you a new dog tomorrow. These words are often the first two steps in what we face with loss or death. Bury your feelings. Don't feel bad, Jason. And two, replace your losses. Bury your feelings and replace your losses. We'll get a new dog tomorrow. Bury your feelings, replace your losses, but what happens when a close relative or your children's friend dies? Would you suggest bury your feelings and replace your losses? Consider what happens when Jason's dad says, shake it off, buddy. You'll get a new friend in no time. Later, when Jason is in high school, his grandfather dies, the one he used to fish with every summer. While Jason is in algebra class, a note comes to him with bad news. When his father picks him up at school and brings him home, Jason sees his mom crying in the living room. Jason wants to give his mom a hug, but his dad says, don't disturb her, son. She needs time to be alone. Perhaps the scene is familiar to you. You give space. Jason has just been taught to bury your feelings, replace your loss, and now a third piece of coping is in place, grieve alone. Grieve alone, don't disturb her son, she needs time to be alone. What then does Jason do with his memories of the fishing trips, the Christmas presents? The pain went on and on until Jason finally Talk to his dad about it. And dad gives more advice to Jason. Jason, time heals all wounds. This now becomes the fourth step. Bury your feelings. Replace your losses. Grieve alone. And time heals all wounds. Time heals all wounds. What makes matters worse is that as Jason relives his relationship with his grandfather. He realizes that he never thanked him for all the fishing trips and Christmas presents. So Jason has just learned to live with regret. And this becomes our fifth step in how we deal with death. Live with regret. Death. From Jason's dog to his best friend and now his grandfather, Jason now makes some conclusions about life. He concludes that close relationships open him up to pain. And the only way to make sure that he never experiences pain again is to back off and keep an arm's distance from everyone. And that leads to the final way people deal with death. They die a slow death, alone, burying feelings, living with regret. Is anything solved here? 
Is anything being addressed or talked about? Is there a way the fear of death and dying can be addressed so you don't wander around overcome by brokenness or pain or permanent sense of loss or regret as it relates not only to you, but as a congregation? If you have lost the dreams in your life, loved ones, opportunities, the pain can paralyze you and even ruin you. Well, what about those feelings as they relate to congregational life as well? When you don't deal with life's losses, you risk winding up in God-forsaken ghettos, overspending patterns, explosive anger, passive-aggressive behavior, addictive work habits, compulsive eating, adulterous affairs, all because you've bought into the world's solutions of dealing with death. And this includes congregations that are in hospice. Past reactions from congregations that have closed have been just throwing the keys out the window as the church president drives up to the property. Anger. Blaming each other for not giving enough or the pastor has not done enough. Quickly changing congregations so members can replace the loss with the new memories. Reluctance to share the current facts or memories. As even the most active and exuberant life-filled Christian evangelist or worshiper will die, so will the most active and exuberant and life-filled congregations die as well. All of Paul's congregations died. But if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here today. Like us, the church is mortal, while your life in Christ is immortal. No wonder you're running scared of death and loss. Any death and any loss means a slow death for us. Doesn't have to be that way, though. John 11, the raising of Lazarus, gives some really great tips. Feel your feelings. Don't deny the pain. Don't stuff it in. Don't bury it. And don't put on a false front because of it. Feel your feelings. John says Jesus wept. The verb is more accurately translated. Jesus kept on weeping when he was told. And when his friend Lazarus died, Jesus didn't just weep. He kept on weeping. And the verb is used one more time. Jesus once more used it when he came to the tomb, deeply moved, kept on weeping. Speak about your losses. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you hadn't been here, my brother would not have died. You often think, bury your feelings and replace your losses, but the biblical approach says, feel your feelings, speak about your losses. Speak to Jesus about your losses. The Bible also says in the same passages, grieve together. John says, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. You often think grieve alone. The Bible says grieve together. Move through the valley of the shadow of death together. And give thanks to God. 
tough one. Give thanks for the memories in your life and the memories in congregational life. So they took the stone away and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have listened to me. I knew that you always listened to me, but I say this for the sake of the crowd standing around here, that they may believe that you sent me. Giving thanks together as a congregation for congregational memories. Giving thanks means that you have received everything you have as a gift. Not deserved, not earned, nothing that you've done but the Spirit of God gives as a gift. Rather, it's something that God has given you in Christ, both in your life and in your congregation. Why can you feel your feelings, weep, be deeply moved, speak about your losses, grieve together, and give thanks? Because your hope is not in a genie in a lamp, a hope that is only a wish away. No. Your hope is in Christ. The hope is the conviction of faith and truth. This hope comes from life sealed in a tomb and then unleashed to a world saturated in spiritual suffering, grief, and death. I am the resurrection and the life, John, Jesus says in John, is a gift, not a wish. Likewise, your memories are not the resurrection and the life. They're not wistful wishes that keep the person or congregation alive by remembering or speaking about the past. Your feelings are not the resurrection and the life. You don't keep the person or a congregation alive based on how you feel. A celebration of life does not keep the memory of anyone alive, no. I am the resurrection and the life, period. Neither time nor memories nor celebrations take the pain out of suffering loss. I do, says the Lord. Death over time does not become life once again. But I do, and I heal all wounds. I am the harvest of life that does not end. My resurrection brings life and healing to you, not time. Pour out your feelings. Speak about your losses. Grieve together. Give thanks to God. Hope in Christ. Then you are able to live again. Instead of dying a slow death, you can live again. As you pour out your feelings, as you speak about your loss, as you weep and grieve together, Jesus tells you what he told Mary Martha and the disciples, take off your grave clothes. Death is never, ever, ever the final word. Not when Jesus shows up. So what has died or is dying or losses in your life? A friendship, a dream, your health, your youth, your money, your congregation, whatever or whoever has died or is dying. The only hope is Christ. Christ is alive. His grace is enough. His victory is yours. His 
word of eternal life and forgiveness lives on, bears new fruit, produces new congregations from the ashes of old ones, gives birth to new spiritual lives. Don't let a death or loss cause you to die a slow, painful, ugly death. Christ is calling into your tomb. He says, take off your grave clothes and live. Amen. To know more about Jesus and our ministry at Grace Lutheran Church, please find us at www.gracealoneonline.org. You'll find additional sermon podcasts and your favorite podcast channel every week at www.gracealoneonline.org forward slash sermons.